0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio.
1: Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady here with host Lou Weiss. And we are joined by Nicholas Tana, and we're going to talk about what's going on in manufacturing in Hollywood, which has ground to a halt. There may be a change now. Nicholas,
2: thanks for joining us. Hi. Happy to be here. Welcome aboard. We, we had you here back in May, I believe it was, and we were talking about uh, the Hollywood strike, and now we're going to talk a little bit more about the Hollywood strike, and I think today might be the day that it's over.
0: Well, for some, yeah, the WGA, oh. anyway, the Writers Guild uh, has negotiated terms. Um, and but the screen actors guild and you know, they're still negotiating. I think for the people you see in the movies and television, they they've still have a lot to negotiate. Um, as far as when that happens, well, we'll see. I mean, I think they're gonna really try hard to kind of get everything wrapped up by this October. Um, if they didn't get it, if they don't get it done by October, then it's probably gonna push past the holidays into the new year. So uh it'll be interesting. That would be messy yeah it, it would be a little less it would be a different somber holiday <laughs> Yeah, more well, people would have time to actually go out and spend time with their families I don't we, know can do, it. we can
2: do an ai version of the holidays and it won't be so terrible <laughs> yeah,
0: of course add snow more than one santa right <laughs> okay so let's talk about where they were where they are,
2: sort of, and where they might be by the end of this day, Wednesday, September. Help me. 27th.
1: Yeah. 27. Not to date anything,
2: you. but. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I
0: lost it. Yeah, so, 2023. <laughs> so yeah. The
2: writers had a bit of a problem with uh, AI and working conditions and uh, being treated. Uh, poorly and so on and so forth so where's that all gone
0: yeah so basically under the terms of the new agreement uh they've negotiated they they've made a lot of they've gotten a lot of headway um you know there there's there's a lot more opportunity for um they've put a lot of rules in there that says first of all that that they're getting more residuals on the streaming both domestically and internationally um, there's a much higher percentage that they'll be getting paid for that. There's provisions to guarantee uh, a, a, a initial rewrite on screenplays as well, um, which is great. There's provisions to ensure so many writer I think up to two writer producers per show. I mean, there's a lot of terms, so it's hard for me to remember every one of them. I just I read through this, uh, you know, just a little bit this morning and then yesterday. Um, but in, I can summarize really well that the terms are such where there's going to be more concessions, more payment, um, to, you know, based on streaming services, which is how a lot of, you know, uh, movies are, and, and TV makes money. There's going to be a lot more uh, opportunity We're guaranteed. I think it's, I think it's six seasons or more that they have to have so many writers, um, on, on a show. So they're guaranteed because one of the big concerns about AI, as you remember, is that, um, that, you know, you can use the tools like ChatGPT to minimize the amount of writers and flatten Hollywood. Well, they're trying to put in some mechanisms so that they require a certain amount get hired. That being said, I think what's most important to talk about are the very nebulous territory, the, the holes potentially in what was accomplished. Um, you know, to start off, um, I want to say uh, anything around AI is very nebulous, um, even, even what they're saying, and it's one thing to say that these are the terms and the rules, it's another thing to enforce them. And, you know, on one level, I believe you're still allowed, you don't, they can't force a writer to use chat GPT, but a writer is allowed to use chat GPT and, um, and, uh, and AI tools that come about. So knowing that they're continuing to amesh uh, and amalgamate what is their intellectual property with what might be existing or other people's intellectual property and the question becomes you know how do you enforce laws when everything's kind of all mingled together how do you discern what is yours and what is mine and that's going to become a legal nightmare i think or potentially could be you know if people wanted to take it to that level so unfortunately given the the mess that is ai in terms of the data sets and how they work it's really hard to enforce some of these laws. Um, you can make your best effort, but how that will actually play out in a court of law will be interesting.
2: There's something interesting I heard either yesterday or the day before about a new aspect of AI or maybe ASI. Uh, and that is that uh, the, AI, uh, the AI software now can have a conversation with you. You can ask it a question; it'll respond to you. It'll ask you a question, and now you wind up having a conversation in software. So, which becomes real, and which one isn't real?
0: Right. And what's which you? What, what's the what's the software?
2: <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, who's paying the software people? You know? I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's incredible. What become, What's real? So, who gets paid? Or who doesn't get paid?
0: Well, I, I, as I said, I think might might have said earlier in our first conversation, it, the whole rights and legal of AI and the way it kind of built up because, you know, it, it, a lot of private companies made use of fair use through sponsoring educational, uh, you know, and uh, educational facilities that built out these data sets and then were are basically using those tools. So that's kind of an interesting way around IP law in some ways. Now we've created that monster of a data set, which is, you know, to be honest, to be fair, it, to writers and to creatives, it might be very challenging to kind of enforce a lot of these laws. But in terms of development of our society, you'd bring up an ex- excellent point. You know, when any kind of tool you're using, any kind of new device you buy, if you can have a conversation with it, and ask questions versus having to search or know if it's that intelligent that you can say, hey, well, how do I set this up? Or how do I change the volume on this? Or how do I do this? I've got this unit. And it just basically talks to you like a person that's an expert. That's a tremendously empowering tool. And that's going to allow a lot of progress. You know, It's going gonna, it's gonna to allow a lot of convenience, which everyone loves. Um, and in terms of the fallout, what does that mean for like putting people out of work and said, well, there's going to be people that won't be needed to do those things. Maybe phone support people. And, you know, there there might be someone who writes the manual will no longer need to write the manual, you know, so things will disappear. But at the same time, there's something right now that's hot, though, that might be going away as well. Prompt writers, right? These are the people that get paid to write prompts um, and, and build them into the AI system. So, you know, there's certain things that will come, new opportunities and jobs will be able to come Uh, That weren't there before. If you keep your eye open and you're willing to learn,
1: it's fascinating uh, how much AI is in the news. Two years ago, you didn't hear much about it. Yeah. Uh, In terms of the the voice that talks to you, I have hearkened to, "Hey Siri," (laughs) (laughs) and mine just popped up. (laughs) You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. (laughs) So it's it's fun to have that kind of technology to play with, Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Uh, You know, as a writer myself, I guess I would be stunned if I were reading something and went, uh, either this guy wrote exactly what I wrote huge
0: what I wrote you, you bring up a really good point because if, if you and actually one of the biggest fears of newer writers and all writers you know when they don't have a manager or an agent to represent them to Hollywood in particular um is the that Hollywood could steal what they've got but then the flip side is they make you sign these release forms saying that if they have anything similar in the works or in development you, you that you won't sue them Um, And then you're like, oh well, can't they just say that I have something similar in the works and development, and then take your idea? And and you know, in most cases, that's not what the studios are necessarily looking to do, but they're actually looking to protect themselves from other people because the reality is, you may think your idea is original, but someone else already had it, or someone else has done, you know, and that's very common. We think we're more original than we are, but it's a lot of what gets produced is very derivative. And so the question becomes: Okay, well, then who is the real owner? Who's rightfully entitled to 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 that um, money? Because you can reinvestigate half the shows on TV today and say, you know, is Shakespeare really the owner of that, or is you know <laughs> Mary Shelley really the owner of this? And you know, where do you draw the line on that sort of thing? And um and that's that's fascinating uh, question. It's uh, something else I want to make sure I say about this these contract terms is another term was. They made sure to make concessions for people that are showrunners or writer, and writers that don't want to be forced to hire other writers to do their shows. So in recognizing that, um, they, there is still the opportunity to just hire one writer to do a, a show. And in which case, if you do that, you all those other rules about hiring more writers goes out the window. You do not have to apply those rules. So there's a potential loophole right there. The And also the six-episode rule, I mean, based on what I'm reading with the agreement, it's going to shape-change how shows get picked up and developed. There is an incentive to bring on someone who's going to just do under six shows, and that's going to do it all themselves, perhaps using Chat GPT. So that could translate to meaning, yes, we've won these terms, and, and the writers that are getting paid will be making more money, but we're going to hire a lot less of you. And that still doesn't get around that, which is what I mentioned earlier as well.
2: What I heard uh, a day or two ago, the union people saying that they got a wonderful
0: deal. Mm-hmm. Do they know what they're getting? <laughs> well, I think they they got what they could get. I mean, I think I think, look, it, it, there's always two sides to negotiation. and this has gone on a while and people haven't been working and people haven't been feeding their families doing what they do, right? So I think under the terms of, I think under the conditions, they did quite fine for themselves. Um, I think, did they get a good deal? Well, I think, you know, the studios didn't necessarily want to give up more and what they did, but overall the studios knew exactly what they were giving up. And they probably already been planning to do um, less of those shows. They're willing to pay more to the shows that make a lot of money. I think it's like 20, uh, you know, because basically on the terms of the agreement shows that are the most successful, they're going to be paying writers more, but that's okay because they're profiting more, right? There's more room for profit for them. And those are big shows. They're willing to do that. They don't necessarily have to do that for the myriad of the majority of shows, which aren't necessarily making that much money. And in, in that case, in terms of feeding the media machine, they, they might be more encouraged now to hire less writers and to you know, basically do less seasons. And, um, but I mean, how do you appease everyone? Because if, you know, the Writers Guild is made up of writers that might be a single writer on a show, as well as writers that might be a part of an army of writers, you you can't win for both necessarily, right? Because by forcing that single writer to now divvy up his pie to other writers or work with other writers, that's not necessarily fair to them. And vice versa, you know, you can't make people do certain things a certain way. So, so it's a really difficult question to answer simply in terms of did they did you win did you they won things are those things going to shape change how development happens to better suit the studio so that they can profit more of course they will would we expect anything less i mean if if you make your money for you have to their fiduciary for disney is to the stockholders right if you yourself would you want to still own stock in disney or would you sell your stock if they're not profiting so if they don't show profit they're not gonna lose their source of money. They're not gonna have people encouraged to actually value their company. So so to be fair, it's business and business is, is continually evolving. I think what needs to be really, one thing people can take away from this now is that um, A, the AI stuff is very nebulous and it's gonna be really hard to enforce, You know what is original, what isn't original. That doesn't skirt that. And B, these contracts are for three years. In three years time, and I mentioned this, I think the last time I was on the show, it's up for renegotiation in three years time, these tools will be at a level that will make this look like Atari to like video games today. Like it is just, they are advancing so fast. Um, It will be interesting what the actors get out of the, the protections around their faces and images. Um, Especially knowing that a future generation will probably be just as happy seeing their video game hero be a star of their next movie as they would Brad Pitt or someone that, is a grandparent to them, apparently. (laughs) So um, it'll be interesting.
1: (laughs) Well, that's probably accurate. I mean, Transformers is a big hit, Star Wars, all of those that use a lot of uh, computer-generated graphics where you see characters and go, well, wow, you know, I, I happen to like some of the characters other people don't like. They don't exist. They're all CG characters. So you could be exactly right that those will be the
0: actors. I think they will be. I mean, I was just at Rose City Comic-Con in Portland advertising my, my E-Junkie book, and there I found out that Dark Horse was bought by Bracer, a video game company. So some of the biggest publishers in comics and out there right now, they're being bought for their intellectual properties um, by gaming companies. Gaming companies make more money than Hollywood right now. So I do think that's that's definitely a driving force and will be in the future um i think we should also consider something else i mean these strikes are to try to help people earn money in a business but it doesn't necessarily improve how money is earned in a business uh, a lot of disney announced and i think it was in the new york times a few days ago that they're going to put a lot more money in their, their theme parks i think that makes total sense the movies are in their streaming station is not making money it's not proving to to, to be profitable um, so essentially now they're just giving up further concessions in an industry that's losing profitability. So it's, they're going to be more incentivized to concentrate on where they are making money, which is their theme parks. So the question becomes like, what's going to happen to movie making and TV shows, you know, is it going to be profitable and will it continue to be so? And I think that's a very big question.
2: So just to switch topics for a moment, you did mention eat junkie. And we all see it on your T-shirt. And if you take a big, deep inhale. Uh, In case you missed it. (laughs) Tell us about E-Junkie.
0: Yeah, so E-Junkie is my sci-fi, noir, horror graphic novel. The cover actually was done by Derek Robertson, who uh, is known for the TV series going back, The Boys, um, because he was the co-creator of the comic, which spawned that. And he actually, I think he has co-producer credit in the TV series. Um, That's a successful TV series. He's also known amongst us comic book junkies for Transmetropolitan, which was a real cyberpunky kind of sci-fi comic with a lot of punkish elements. That inspired me a lot. So Derek was uh, gracious enough to do work on my cover. Um, And the book, it really hits home with, you know, is technology making the world a better place? That's the key question it's sort of asking. And it's centered around two kind of opposing forces, one, which is the World Corporation Organization, because that is what now exists, not nations, in this future setting of 2055. Um, The World Corporation Organization has encouraged and and mandated the use of emotional regulation technology to kind of keep everyone happy so no one's fighting with anyone. Um, Another group called the Guardians of Pain have uh, used technology to curate the most painful moments in our history with dna scraping of corpses and they're selling it on the black market so on one side of society pain and suffering is being eradicated and on the other side is being commoditized <laughs> and um and there's this battle between the two different groups and both groups believe you know one thinks we got to eliminate pain and suffering that's what we need for as a society The other group thinks we need it to grow and to evolve and to be conscious Human beings. I mean, they, they they cite religious everything from religion to the blues music to to art um, inspired by suffering and pain. So so it's it's sort of a fascinating setting in terms of like what does technology make us happier? And with every solution we create, do we inevitably create new problems? Why does it sound like our current political system?
1: Yeah, really. Really.
2: You're just calling him by two different names.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, Nicholas, we certainly appreciate you being here and giving us an update on what's happening in the manufacturing uh, works of Hollywood. Clearly, there's a couple of wrenches in the production line that shouldn't be there. Uh, and we'll see how this uh, transpires and like to reach back to you and get an update as things settle out because you've got a, a good, solid point of view on you know where
0: it might be going. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here.
2: That's great. And uh, we thank you for being here. And I uh, want to let everybody know uh, that uh, uh, if you like our show, uh, click the Like button. If you want to subscribe to our show, hit the subscribe button and, uh, you know, click the like button multiple times that, that, <laughs> that would work. That, that would work. Uh, and if you happen to be in a foreign country, get your whole family to click the like button. You know? <laughs> so anyhow, thanks so much for being here. We're, we have our shows on every Tuesday. Uh, sometimes Wednesdays, sometimes Thursdays. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes uh, we have them on weekends, but you'll never know about it. So anyhow, thanks a lot, Tim. Great seeing you again.
1: Good to see you, Lou. Uh, Nick, uh, gracious of you to be here. I want to encourage everyone to go to smartmediallc.com and check out his work. Uh, Again, Nicholas, thanks for joining
0: Thank you. And just so you know, I'm just CGI right here. This is not the real me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you answered questions quite gracefully. You've done a great job, computer.
0: It's all AI.
2: <laughs> no, he must be ASI. And, and, every, and if anybody doesn't know what ASI is, Google it.
0: That's you all you do, have to do. <laughs> to do <and> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ask ASI, what is ASI? And it'll tell you all, your, all about
0: it. It's a lot better than SOL. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks everyone for being Take here care. watching our show. We'll talk to you again soon. Stay posted on YouTube and all of your favorite listening platforms. Bye for
2: now. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.
0: That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please like and subscribe, share on social media, or leave a review. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Rumble, or your favorite podcast app. Visit us online at mfgtalkradio.com for our other episodes. We have also included links to our advertisers below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.